What's up, guys? Welcome to Good Bad 2, the sequel. This is the show where we have a good time watching bad movies. I am your host, John. Boy, howdy, this is Danielle. <laughs> this movie made a man out of you. <laughs> I guess it did. I can feel him. Um, you guys can follow along on the show on Instagram. We're at The Good Bad Show. This is where we do the voting to figure out what the movie of the week is going to be. This week in the voting, Cobra lost... Uh, heavily to Commando, which is the movie that we watched, the movie that put hair on your chest, Ew. the movie that made your balls drop. Oh, come on. Um, oh, if that's the way you like them, we should probably <laughs> have that conversation. You can also find the show everywhere where there is podcasts. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, if they got podcasts, they got good bads, and that's where you will find <laughs> us. Okay, like I said, we're talking about Commando, 1985's Arnold Schwarzenegger testosterone explosion body count classic. That's kind of a given. If you say 1985 and Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know that's going to happen. Well, this this is what kicked it off. Well, then was, that's how you know. This was the, the igniter of a, of a whole shebang of 15 years of movies just like this would you say this rocket launched the entire <laughs> was it backwards uh, you asshole <laughs> <laughs> um so we have spent what two weeks three weeks covering nothing but t titty movies until now i mean there Smut. are titties in this movie but this is this is yeah in the hotel Oh, right, yeah. They were really Barely. shoehorned in. Yeah, actually, I was looking down and writing, so I totally missed that. I did not miss it. Well, you were waiting for it because you've seen this movie before, and I haven't. You had that timestamp marked on your paper. You were like, be sure you're paying attention at one hour, 12 minutes in with 42 seconds. So, like you said, I have seen this movie before. Uh -huh. I've seen it a lot of times. Most of that part. I, I know this movie really well. You on the other hand, knew absolutely nothing Zero. about this movie going into it. Did you even know this was the movie we were going to cover before we turned it on? Yeah, because I voted for it. Okay. And I have a lot of sway in my own election. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be going around. Um, what did you, what were your preconceived notions? What did you think this was going to be and how close were you to what it ended oh, up being? I was dead nuts on, <laughs> spot on. I knew exactly what it was going to be. Actually, I mean, I had no idea, but this is what I thought it would be. What it is, is what I imagined. It's just, uh, it's not quite as good as I thought it would be. <gasps> yeah. Oh, God. Shut your goddamn put, mouth. Put that handkerchief down. <laughs> <laughs> you shut your mouth. We will get to whether or not it is good, bad, or just bad at the end of our awards. Stick around to the end of the show. We will be breaking down the plot right now, and then we're going to give you our awards. Oh, yeah. We're each going to have a bold statement about the movie. We're going to tell you what was the worst line in this movie. What was the best line in this movie. We're going to tell you who was the worst performance. Who was the MVP. We're going to decide what the unredeemable moment was. Which we're, one? We're going to give you our favorite part. We're going to create a better title. And then we'll decide if it's good, bad, or just bad. And I have a feeling we're not going to feel the same way about that. I also have a feeling most of the people listening to this podcast have already chosen 
they're winners for all of the awards that you just listed out. So I'm really curious to see how close we are. J judging off of the metrics of the podcast, <laughs> we are we have an 80, 83% male audience. They're between the ages of 18 and 44. And our most popular episodes overall are the Van Damme and Arnold's and those sorts of things. You're dead right. They all—they don't even have to watch this movie to listen to this episode. <laughs> they just know it. They're going to be like nodding along going, yeah, 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 that part. So you listen along as a non-male who has never seen this movie breaks it down along with <laughs> the owner of the Good Bad 2 franchise who literally owns this movie as well in the collection, right? Wedged between all of the other muscle jam flicks. Muscle jam. <laughs> <laughs> I did gain 10 pounds of lean muscle watching this movie oh just now. So. Um, so this movie kicks off with the old school 20th Century Fox uh, searchlights, yeah. which I was really happy about. Like I, I, I noticed I, that too, but why were you happy about it? Because the new like HD like widescreen version, mm -hmm. like the updated version in its 21st century, it just mm -hmm. doesn't do anything for me. But the like grainy old school one, the one that's on... Star Wars and the one that's on Aliens and the one that's on this is just like nostalgic. It is nostalgic. It's it's like I would I want that as my ringtone. Oh, don't do that. I w that will get very old. <laughs> I'll never call you when we're in the same room together ever again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the way that this movie starts is the way that every copycat of 80s action movies would start is gang of bad guys pulling off murders that you do not know what the plot is no yet, idea right in, in this instance it's it's disguised garbage men killing someone someone right they're taking out the trash oh and... god <laughs> or are they the trash oh shit and, and you don't you don't you're you, they just drop you into the middle of a scheme right and you have no idea why if Somebody hears the garbage man coming on the day they don't usually come. Only he in the entire neighborhood would rush out with his garbage to meet the garbage man. This was the plan. Nobody they, else caught that. They knew he was a light sleeper. And they knew that he was a slave to rules. He, and if the trash was coming on a different day, then he damn well better have his <laughs> trash ready. It was in his dossier. Very concerned about garbage day. Um, well, and, he's dead now, so look where rules get you. <laughs> and then Bill Duke, the the bald black guy from Predator in, the, in this movie. The next thing we see is him at a Cadillac dealership. And there's a the Cadillac salesman trying really hard to get him to buy the car. Mm -hmm. And then he just steals it by driving it right through the front window yep he he stole a hard top black eldorado uh-huh the next time we see this character he's driving a blue convertible cadillac yeah it's different why was know. that scene even in the movie uh, we don't even know maybe <laughs> for all, for all we know if you in 1985 if you were able to stage a coup at a Cadillac dealership, then you'd now 
owned that dealership. Ah, I see. Therefore, yes. all of the cars were his. Yes. This is what happens. <laughs> I guess so. In Arnie's and then, world. And then he, th- so you spend the first five minutes with this character, with Bill Duke's character. If you were you thinking that he was gonna be a bigger part of the movie since you yeah. hadn't seen it, like yeah, I thought he was gonna be one of the top four people that we see a lot because yeah. he's orchestrating all of these kills. Yeah, and, and he's steals. with his massive remote control that blows giant, up a boat, giant antenna. <laughs> he's got this giant radio antenna, seventeen pound remote control in his hand to blow up a boat with. We now we know is the the main bad guy that yeah. was on that boat, but at the time. You're watching it for the first time. No you clue. didn't know that, so he's just blowing up unknown person. Correct. Um, Freddie Mercury, Mercury lookalike. Mm. And then. And then. And then they and then. introduce John Matrix, the Arnold, <laughs> Arnold's character, and it is the most testosterone-driven, um, just like montagey. Yes. He's, it's like his shoes and his biceps and. It's- it just goes back and forth between close-ups of his feet walking and his biceps flexing. And his massive log. Yeah, Arnie Logger. So Logger Arnie is just, he's just all muscles and walking. That's all he is. If you didn't know how manly he was to begin with the first time you see him in full screen, he's carrying a giant phallic log. Yeah, just casually like, where should I put my log? Oh, by the way, I have a terrible Arnold accent, if you've not listened to this podcast before, <laughs> and I'm fine with that. I'm owning it. It'll change every time, and I don't care, so, so deal with it. They establish that he's big, that he's strong, he's good-looking, he's got a big log. They establish <laughs> that he's a great father. They establish oh, that he's not that he's a peaceful man who yes. can tame wild deer. And he's the, hiding. They they establish that he's a karate master because <laughs> he's training his daughter. They establish that he's a self sufficient hunter fisherman. Uh-huh. All without one word of dialogue from Arnold. They establish wow, really? all of that right off the get go. And then the very wow. first thing that he says in this movie is a homophobic thing about oh, Boy George. God. I didn't realize that was the first thing that he said. That was his first line. That was, line. again, shoehorned in. Just, Why? Just, that was the agenda of the filmmakers trying to take Boyd George down a peg. <laughs> so not cool. Uh, yeah, that was, this This movie is just a tapestry of tropes woven together. But, one after but they one. weren't tropes when they made it. Exactly. But that's the thing. It's like this movie probably invented so many of the things oh that we God. now it, call it, tropes today. It, uh, well, the, because the next thing is army helicopter arrives, two-star colonel gets out, <laughs> tries to pull Arnold back into the game. We need you. Arnold, You're the only man who can do it. <laughs> Arnold's not having it. He's out. He's out. He's retired, you see. He wants no part of it. And and General... I thought he called himself General Pervy. I did too. But apparently he's General Kirby. I swear he yelled out it's Pervy. I wrote Pervy too. Yeah, but his name is Kirby. I also wrote Kirby later when somebody else said I it correctly. I think that character's name changed. I th- well, hey, you know movie. what? After watching this movie... Um, I would not be surprised if they had a continuity error there. <laughs> no, so I would not be surprised. He, te- he tells Matrix, your team is being picked off. You're the last one left. I'm leaving these two soldiers with you. They're going to protect you. He lays down a bunch of law promises. And then he says, I'm out. Peace. Yeah. You and I are pretty avid hikers, right? Yeah. We understand what it takes to get to the top of a mountain. How challenging it is, right? Mm-hmm. 
the moment that that helicopter leaves, it's not even out of sight yet, the bad guys who are hiding there attack uh, Schwarzenegger and his daughter, mm-hmm. and Arnie tells one of the soldiers, I smelled them coming. They didn't just arrive there. They had to have been there before the helicopter even came. Yeah, if the helicopter attracted them there, then they were already in the vicinity. Yeah, like, this is the most remote location imaginable. They didn't just show up. Right. (laughs) But, so a bunch of dudes attack the the Arnold compound, um, and... uh, Arnold kills, Arnold kills, I don't know, six of them in, in the house. Yes. After going over to his massive gun locker, because of course this man would have a full tool shed with nothing but guns in it. In 1985, that was like, man, that's so cool. Today, you're like, you're a lunatic. Right. Today, you're like, <laughs> someone needs to watch this fellow. Yeah. That's not right. You and are... he doesn't live in Montana. He lives in Southern California. Yeah. You were on several lists. If you... <laughs> yeah. Oh, and his access code for his shed was just 13. No, it was 133, which is the uh, Austrian police code. And his father oh. was an Austrian uh, cop. Well, it still starts with 13. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I stand corrected. There's a there's a cool part here where some some guy is sitting in a chair, looking all official and as though he's going to be a main part of the movie, and yeah. he's laying down to Arnold how it's going to be, and they've kidnapped his daughter, and he goes, "So you have to do whatever we say, right?" And Arnold just shoots him in the face and goes, "Wrong." <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Done. Donezo. I like, <laughs> I like Donezo. that a lot. And then he goes and gets his Chevy Blazer. Yep. Uh, which d- currently doesn't work, which it's his Chevy Blazer. Mm-hmm. He checked to see if it worked first. No, the hood was open. He oh, like see- they tampered with yeah, it? Yeah, he could uh, see that the hood was open, and when he gotcha. opened the hood, he just pulls out, like, a handful of disconnected wires. Right, yes. So he's like, all right, then I will just push it down the hill. Yeah, he just he just rides it in neutral down down the mountain, and and the the bad guys are like, he's coming for us, no brakes. How do you know there's no brakes? Because they took out the brakes. The in the, all those handful of wires they yeah. knew for a fact. Yeah, one was the brake wire. One was the brakes wire. Yeah, one was the brakes wire. He yeah. Get, he gets down to the bottom only to find out that Bennett is still alive. We got to talk about Bennett and his outfit. <laughs> his chainmail blouse. Uh, his crochet dog tag. <laughs> like, what is happening? What is happening? It's like cool 90s, not 90s yet, like cool 80s club wear, but also a crochet vest and also like a dog collar chain with a dog tag. Yeah. What is happening? Extra doggy, super doggy. Oh, and pleather. There's pleather on it. His mustache, his fingerless gloves. Oh, God. No, it's bad. The fact that he, so this actor's name is Vernon Wells. Mm. He was the guy with the mohawk in Road Warrior, Mm. who's like a big buff like the, I don't I don't know what hmm. year Road Warrior came out. It couldn't have been give or take two years separated from this movie. Oh, he lost a lot of muscle then. He is, he is pudgy in this. He's like soft and he he's like pear shaped. Yeah, he's thin. On he him. has no business wearing those clothes. No, at all. When I you know. know you're gonna be in an Arnold movie, push-ups, man. I will say this: they hired someone else to be that character, and they oh. fired that person on the first day of filming. Wow. And then they hired Vernon Wells to do it. Oh, okay. And they did not change the wardrobe. They gave him that other person's wardrobe, and that's why it's so tight. Oh, I really want to know who was 
hired yeah i don't know wow. I, I, I saw his name but i didn't know who he was um and then so they kidnap arnold also and then they lay out the plot so you get carla's husband from cheers who yeah. is like like a they he, i think he said he's from valverde which yes. is a fictional place valverde it's like colombia or nicaragua yeah. or something it's like something that. that's 10 hours away by plane and it's definitely got to be brown people like you can't in the 80s you can't yeah <laughs> you have to make up a fictional country well if so in the 80s and 90s if they're bad people and they're white then they have to be russians, russians. yeah exactly yeah. yeah they have to be russians or some other eastern europeans like there's not an option for bad white guys for some reason unless they're like street people it's or it has to do people. with proximity of the plot right in this plot he has to be somewhere within an 11 hour flight mm -hmm. that's brown people oh, God. <laughs> it's, it's not canada <laughs> Oh god. So they Ugh. just make up a country that's an island. It's so bad. Yes it is. Um and then they <laughs> so they basically tell him you're going to kill the president of that country. Yeah. I think cuz Carla's husband wants to take over it. I'm not uh, really sure. I don't I don't really know. The plot is it just to overthrow the pre the it, president. It truly doesn't matter. No, it really doesn't <laughs> matter because what matters in this movie is the car chase uh, well, and then the explosions well, and that's it. That's all the movie is. Well, the end. So <laughs> so they they go to get on the airplane. Arnold, mm -hmm. Arnold's got somebody watching to make sure he gets on and off. Yeah, he's got and, his guardian. And he's wearing a sport coat. Yes. In 1985, were you supposed to, like, dress up to go to the airport? Yes. Why did they give him a sport coat? Accurate. Yes? Know. Yeah. Yeah, you were supposed to dress up when you went places. People didn't show up in their goddamn pajamas on the airplane <laughs> like they do now. <laughs> he's, he's wearing a, a, like, sweaty, gross, unbuttoned Henley underneath yeah. the yeah, sport yeah, yeah. coat. Well, the... that's why they gave him a sport coat. They're like, hey, man, you got places to be. You got to dress like get, it. <laughs> get yourself together, for God's <laughs> sake. Um, I, I just thought that was odd that they would, like, give that to him. <laughs> uh, and then he, he kills his, his watchdog on the airplane real loud. Mm -hmm. Does not disturb the lady sleeping in front of him no. whatsoever. Mm -mm. Breaks his neck. <laughs> Puts in the bed. My friend is dead tired. Ugh, and then, and then he get he escapes through the the landing gear. I liked the scene. Yeah, it was it was actually kind of it reminded me of like uh, the fugitive or something like that where hmm. it was like actually kind of exhilarating yeah, and pulled was. off well. And and he he's he proves himself indestructible through the whole movie. Through the whole movie, he he's falls Drax. off the landing gear, lands in a swamp, and whether it was Arnold or a stunt double or whatever, it was still a human being. Yeah, yeah. Hit the ground and got up and ran all in yeah. one, like without even bouncing. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's actually impressive. I don't know how far they actually fell from, but it right. was out of out of frame. So yeah. so high enough. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's really impressive. And then he set his watch to an eleven-hour timer. And it started beeping on every second, beep, which beep. which would imply that it makes an audible beep every second. Every second <laughs> of the day. Can you imagine? This is the worst watch ever in the yeah. history of watches. And then his watch is like the 24, like the TV show 24 countdown. Like it just, you need to know about it. You need to know about it. All the fucking time. So in this in this era, they didn't have the option for computers with zoom and enhance. Yeah, you but couldn't they, zoom and enhance yet. But they did have the option for countdown clocks. <laughs> yeah. Countdown clocks were something that if you had it, then you had to use it. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. the driver of this story. So he, he follows Sully and he kidnaps a flight attendant. 
This you is so you asked me at some point in this movie, what is her name? <laughs> and I could not tell you. I've seen this movie so many times, and it never occurred to me that her name, I don't think, is ever spoken in the movie. I think it's spoken one time, and I think it's when she's on the phone before Sully the Creeper starts creeping on her. Okay. And she announces herself, which it's Cindy, now okay, we know. Okay, yeah, we know it's Cindy But now, I had but... to look it up after the movie to know what her name was. Yeah. I've, I've seen this movie a bazillion times. I never even considered what her... She's just flight attendant. She, the, she had the strangest role in almost any movie. This, this was such a bizarre matchup. Yeah, this character is treated poorly most of the time. Uh-huh. All of that era, right? Yeah. But also, she gets some pretty badass stuff to do as well. Yeah. Like... I don't, I don't understand... I don't understand the relationship. I don't understand the character. I don't understand why she sticks around. I don't understand why Arnold keeps her around. Like, I don't understand her value. It's it's really it's really weird. There's not a relationship there, but she's just, like, kind of part of it. So, so well, eventually she becomes a willing participant and an accomplice. Eventually, to but... To his many, many felonies. Yeah, but there's, like, <laughs> a lot of things that she has to put up with in order to get there. He, he kidnapped her, remember? Yeah. He did. He kidnapped her and he stole her car. Well, he explains to her what's going on. They've kidnapped my daughter. They're going to kill her. You have to help me. She's like... Sure thing, boss. They're in the, the, the mall, the Galleria, and she immediately goes and finds a uh, mall cop uh-huh. whose arm says special, special officer. Special officer! <laughs> but when Arnold tells her, he goes, please, she's only got 10 hours left, and she walks away, and then he right away looks at his watch. The last thing he said was she's got 10 hours, and he looks at his watch. If you think you've got about 10 hours stop it with the watch yeah like let's wait six seven hours before yeah, we start yeah. looking at the watch yeah like people people learned how to really milk this thing those first nine hours and 45 minutes it doesn't really matter it's those last three minutes and then 59 <laughs> seconds and then 10 seconds that actually matter because yeah. <laughs> those 10 seconds can last three hours if we really want in them a, to in movie movie time uh-huh. yeah so she goes and tells the mall cop like hey there's some psycho that's that's kidnapping me and oh so the the mall cops <laughs> Big dick energy mall cops. <laughs> <laughs> these fucking mall cops. Oh, these poor which, guys. how many of them would you estimate there are in this six, mall? I think six, I would four. guess 70, 80. At one point, there's nothing on screen but Arnold and a swarm <laughs> of special officer mall cops. It, I was like, holy shit, they've got a bigger police force than the actual LAPD. Sure you have a lot of mall cops around this mall. Yeah. And mall fight. He And Sully sees what's going on. And he runs over to a phone booth. There's a lot of phone booths in this movie. Yes. There's a lot of phone booths in this movie. He runs over to a phone booth to, to alert uh carla's husband as to what's going on and arnold grabs the phone booth rips it out of the wall over his head i liked that (laughs) he picks it up like a pneumatic tube from a bank like it's just this tube with a man in it he's like bye (laughs) and then there's the car chase chase there's the what what is her car uh she's driving a sunbeam alpine yeah which i've never heard of I, I have heard of a Porsche though, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing that a Sunbeam Alpine probably with a with a 295 pound driver is probably not going to keep up. Yes, but he ripped the entire passenger seat out of her Sunbeam Alpa Al, Alpine, so it's also lost 150 pounds. So there's that, <laughs> but no, there's no way this little car is keeping up with this Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> Ripping car seats out isn't exactly what I would call covert either. Uh, he's nope. like he's like a covert expert 
who every single thing he touches, he rips, breaks, crushes, destroys. Right. Throws. Like, it <laughs> blows up. Rocket launchers. There's every, police. There's helicopters. Like ripping doors off of buildings and oh chains God. in half. The only, like, means of transportation that weren't in this movie were, like, a train. Everything yeah. else is in this movie. Yeah. And he crashes basically all of them. Well, so he crashes her, her sunbeam into, into Sully. Turns Sully's yellow Porsche onto its side, crashes the sunbeam into a pole mm-hmm. where if you slow it down, you can see the dummy of of Cindy's body. Her, the head flies off when they run into the pole. I still think that's a jacket. It's, it's a dummy head. <laughs> and then he goes and he grabs Sully and he's trying to get information out of him. And, and I think Sully gave him the information. It doesn't matter at all. And he goes, Sully, remember when I told you I would kill you last <laughs> I lied, and he lets him go. You can definitely see the wire that's yeah, holding Sully. Yeah, so bad. You can one hundred percent see the wire that's holding Sully. Well, and up. then he goes through and rummages through Sully's belongings, and the first thing he finds is a key that says Sunspot on it, and he's like, "This must be the place." Yeah. Like he doesn't bother to do any sort of other investigation into his other belongings. He's like. Here's a key with a logo on it. We're going there next. In my <laughs> limited amount of time, I am not going to explore any other possible option. What, he, he, I'm going to take my time to go to the sunspot. He goes to the sunspot and he knows exactly where it's at from with, where he is. With the healed the, Porsche. <laughs> in their in their investigations throughout the movie, there's multiple times where him and Cindy make a giant leap as to what could be going on. Yes. And they say... Maybe this is what the fuel's for. May- they say no, maybe. They say it must be. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just guess right. They're yeah. just like lucky. They just guess right. So Arnold being Arnold has to go turn Sully's car back over onto its wheels so that he can take it. And he just pushes it over by himself because he's Arnold. And when he does, it is in 100% tact. When, is, he, when he drives away, yeah. When he drives away, it is in perfect condition. Yeah, it's it's the the second car he drives away. Yeah. So he goes to the motel. This is where Bill Duke comes, and they end up having a fight through the walls and whatnot. Hey, this hotel fight was terrible. This is a bad hotel. This was a bad hotel this a, fight. This is a bad hotel fight. Rife with terrible one-liners. Yeah. It was awful it oh, was an awful it. hotel fight i love every second of i it. know you do i know well the only <laughs> weird thing is bill duke is telling arnold this this green beret is gonna kick your ass and arnold's like i eat green berets for breakfast arnold's breakfast. character is a green beret so he knows I how to get him yeah i don't i don't that was a something. kind of a ridiculous back and forth yeah uh this is the first time in the whole movie where the music stopped Oh, really? From the very moment that this movie started until this fight hmm. was, uh, like, pan flutes and saxophone mm-hmm. and... Oh, steel th- drums! Steel drums. Why were there so many steel drums in this movie? <laughs> I noticed it at the start and I thought, okay, maybe they're going to the islands? I will say this. I absolutely love the soundtrack to this movie, but it is the soundtrack to a different movie. Yeah. It, is not, it has nothing to do no. with what you're seeing. No, you should be in like uh, like a jungle somewhere yeah. in the I, Caribbean. I think they're implying that he is basically like Tarzan and that he spent time in the jungle. This is a huh? reach. This is a reach. Like they're... they're they're trying to pull from, like, his past as a soldier. Are they trying to convey his origin story through the film's soundtrack? Or or is this the sounds of Valverde? Is this what the culture in Valverde sounds like? Yeah, it, it Valverde, where the movie spins literally 45 seconds in. 
when they find out that Arnie didn't arrive. They, when they went to the composer, they were like, it's about a an island off the coast of California. That's It's like 11 hours away. It's got just generic brown folks of no particular right origin yeah make a music about <laughs> make it make a music about that and he was like saxophone and steel drum sounds about right <laughs> sounds like a party the guy was on a cruise ship when they called him up and he's like ah oh, <laughs> don't worry i've got i've got just the sound for you fellas he put on his sports blazer he went down he went down to the buffet <laughs> the cruise ship soiree with a cruise ship band and he's like you're hired so so I forget how it really doesn't matter. They figure out that there is a military base slash fuel depot. And this is where they realize that there's this island mm -hmm. and that's where the, the bad uh, guy base is. This is where they pieced together the clues right after the awful right. hotel fight when they left and they yeah. approached, they encountered a Cadillac in a car lot and said, this must be our bad guy's yeah. Cadillac. The, and they he, rifled through his belongings, found a receipt for airline fuel and said, this must be this must be where they are like they did some sure on cluing and, and then he goes to that place and covertly rips the chain off of a fence and then rips the wall off of the outside of the building yeah. to get in mm -hmm. and then all 290 pounds of him sneaks in where there is an entire military a whole military force is inside of this building yeah. one man is polishing a giant rocket like making sure that it's nice and shiny. It's <laughs> absurd. <laughs> Everything about this movie is delightfully testosterone-laden insanity. Uh, it was exhausting. <laughs> and, and so now he knows where he's headed, but before he goes there, he's got to arm up. Right. He's got to go down to the, to the surplus city. Yep. And then covertly drive a bulldozer. <laughs> through the front of the building yeah under the cover of night he just bulldozes <laughs> into the building instead of like maybe you know using Pick some lock. exactly some yeah. green beret skills to sneak into the building yeah. nope no he, he just... immediately cuts his time short by bulldozing in the building and then they take a shopping cart and shop they shop for every kind of gun imaginable mm -hmm. they he is he is grabbing enough things that 50 people couldn't carry it mm -hmm. he is he is grabbing multiples of guns and <laughs> dozens of grenades and giant rocket launchers anything a, tactical a, a comical amount of ammunition and tactical clothing right. and it, it it was like i said more things than 50 people could carry mm -hmm. reasonably mm -hmm. and they're bringing it out in shopping carts and duffel bags yeah. and like they each are carrying multiple oversized duffel bags okay and this lady cindy she's just on board with it like yeah. this isn't a normal thing to do you don't go bulldoze through a surplus shop and then go break into their back room, like, secret stash of military-grade artillery. This is and then so just, many felonies. And then this giant man is just like, here, carry these these rocket launchers out to the car, which, obviously, she had time to read the manual while doing that. <laughs> but what, she's just, like, rolling with it. I don't understand why, for so much of the movie, especially that hotel fight scene, she is terrified. You can hear her screaming and hollering in the background all the time it is so annoying but she's like she's perpetuating this thing like she's helping him out with it yeah i mean he's, he's just too charming oh God. so so he he's <laughs> he's, not. 
He has just committed all of these felonies. Yes. He has just stolen this amount of ammunition. He's rogue. The cops show up and they do not handcuff him. Yeah, they just... He walks what? into the back of the paddy wagon all on his own. Exactly. The, the, it, if, if any cop encounters someone who looks like him and is committing that specific crime, they're not going to be like, could you please come with us? Hello, sir. <laughs> get, get in the back of this truck. Pretty please. Yeah, not going to happen. Um, he still did it though, so yeah. I guess it worked. Um, I know you're gonna have something to say about this part. She is not not only is she a willing participant, she now takes it upon herself to to free him from police custody. Yes, right. And Roll- she, she's driving Bill Duke's blue Cadillac, uh-huh. his other Cadillac, <laughs> um, and she pulls up alongside the the police van, and the cop immediately names her a hooker. Yeah, why? The cop immediately goes, like turns to the driver and goes, it's a hooker. Yeah, why? What part of her says hooker? I don't know. Is that, I couldn't figure it out. Like, that car is definitely a pimp car, but... But it was still, like, a nice car at the time. Yeah. Like, it could have been anybody's. I mean, the color, I guess, but yeah. like I, It's not like it had zebra interior. <laughs> it should have had zebra interior. It could have had, but it didn't. <laughs> could have had. Um, and then she rocket launches backwards blows up a city block <laughs> that was a good scene i liked it <laughs> then, yeah she just casually stands up and points a rocket launcher and doesn't realize it's backwards oh no ear protection by the way that really bothered me anyway so rocket launcher shoots behind her and blows up whatever and she quickly recovers turns the thing around and shoots the rocket launcher at she shoots the rockets at the paddy wagon into the back yeah. Where Arnold is. Uh-huh. I thought about that, too. And he comes mm-hmm. out of it sooty. Yep. Like like a Looney Tunes character. Yeah. He's just got some soot on him. Yeah, like his hair is frazzled. You can see his <laughs> eyes, but that's it. <laughs> and so they go get a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a water plane. Uh, amphibious plane. Yeah, they go get they go get the they go get the plane and they're, they're radioing in and the person who intercepts the radio is Bill Paxton. Yeah. Bill Paxton is one of those guys that if you look closely enough, he is in every movie. Every movie. If you're watching a movie during the time that he was alive, he's in it. He's just generic white guy. Yeah. Generic white guy. So he's in Terminator, the first Terminator. He's in this movie and he's in uh, True Lies. Hmm. So he's got, he's got three ties to Arnold. Hmm. Um, they're, they're getting in the plane and there's a Jeep of, <laughs> I don't, I don't know who the, these guys who were after them. I think they're the, the, the Valverdians. I don't know. They're I, th- not I cops. thought, I thought they were part of the, um, the, oh no, that's not true. I don't know who they are. It's kind of hard to tell I, because I'm, some of I'm the Valverdians lost. are white people wearing fake mustaches and sideburns. Oh my God. What <laughs> was up? What was up with these fake mustaches and sideburns? That was awful it was probably so that they could reuse stuntmen over and over again i but... guess but they really took the like colombian drug cartel poster <laughs> guys way too seriously they look like 70s porn stars yeah. that are getting like eliminated by arnold it's not but, good so so she's trying to start the plane he's trying to fight off these guys with machine guns who can't hit anything they're worse than stormtroopers uh-huh. And he goes into the plane and he like smacks it and, it and it starts and he's like works every time. Again, he has to smash everything. Smash. He, he's essentially playing the hole. Yeah. Yes, he is. And then, and then he goes back out and when he shoots the Jeep, 
he he gets like a real determined look in his eye because now it, now it's like serious business <laughs> and he's been shooting a thousand bullets at the jeep the whole time but now mm-hmm, he means mm-hmm, business mm-hmm. and when he kills those guys they both grab their chest and yell arg and jump out in, <laughs> s- in separate directions they they each jump out their their individual doors as the jeep drives off do you i think we should do a a, a tally of how many of those launch pads were used. I don't know what they're called, but when somebody dies in a movie... And they get and, catapulted. Yeah, in those years, like, Man. when somebody dies, for some reason they need to fly off the earth. It's yeah. like it's like when you watch a commercial for Olive Garden or Chili's or Red Lobster, <laughs> yes. and they want to make... They want to make you feel better about paying money for their food, so they make sure everything is wet and flying. Yeah. Like, their shrimp are always spinning through the air, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's the way I like my shrimp. <laughs> Good wet back and to flying. the sequel. The only people brave enough to make the correlation between <laughs> dying Valverde's and flying shrimp at Red Lobster. <laughs> it's true. It's true. There's, like, some weird base psychology where people really love to see stuff flying around and spinning. They're like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. As they're getting into the airplane, Cindy is stressed out of her mind that she hasn't even finished flight school. This plane is so old. She, it's a water plane. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I don't know if I can do it. That sentiment ends there. Right. She lands it. A-okay. No no stress whatsoever about landing it. That, that whole idea of her not having... It just never comes back. No, I mean, landing is easier than taking off still. Yeah, I mean... But when you've got Arnie by your side, <laughs> everything's done. Yeah, it's... So this covert expert, uh-huh. this this expert in being undercover, not being seen, and lurking in the shadows, uh-huh. puts on his tiny black speedo it, to, get in, to get into his rubber dinghy, his speedo gun raft <laughs> scene, and then and then row it to shore, mm-hmm. where in plain daylight uh-huh. he puts on literally everything that they stole from the store and makeup and makeup. He puts on. The most things uh-huh. anyone has ever worn in their life, including tying seven or eight grenades to himself by the pin. Yep. Notice that. That seems dangerous. Yeah, there's a bad idea. <laughs> and then and then this is where the the classic scene, the the scene that kicked off the whole genre, Arnold versus literally everyone he the, i'm gonna just kind of break down most of these things that i caught and wrote down and we can come back and circle around to anything that, that you have but so you have this suiting up montage with smoke behind him um you have him planting landmines outside of buildings and then detonating them and the buildings blow up from the inside out uh-huh. there are several more explosions than he planted there are obvious cardboard cutouts of bad guys standing next to those buildings you have bad guys wearing fake mustaches and sideburns getting their throat slit. You have his his rocket launcher blowing up people and buildings. You have magic bullets that are killing people that he wasn't even pointing a gun at. You have grenades that when he throws them, they blow up on contact. When they're thrown at him, he has a solid five seconds to avoid them. You have saw blades cutting people's head tops and arms off. You have four separate slow-mo sections of him walking upright behind a hedge for cover and killing 20 or 30 people who cannot hit him with bullets. You have magic gun changes where the the gun that he has in his hand switches from machine gun to shotgun to handgun from shot to shot. And then you have 
Carla's husband, the main bad guy, getting killed and falling out of a window because the entire decade of the 80s would not allow for a bad guy to die without gravity following his death. Take a breath. The nerds <sighs> Any, are... Anything I missed in the one scene? <laughs> the nerds are applauding you right now. You nerd. <laughs> you just listed all of those items. <laughs> that's one scene. That was one scene. That was one that... fucking... And that's not even half of what I could have possibly no, written down if the... I took the time to study this like a college course. This is what I'm calling the Rose Garden Massacre. <laughs> And everyone is fucking flying when they die. Like, you, it's a video game. You know they're dead once they catch air. Yeah. They're dead. There, there's several moments where he throws a grenade and the people intended to die are already airborne when the explosion goes off. They're already airborne and in the process of dying <laughs> yeah. before the grenade even gets there. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. He's killing people that, that he's not even aiming a gun at. There's yeah. people just clutching their chest and flying <sighs> off a rooftop that he's not pointing a gun at. Right. This is, this is because this was the first of its kind... It's, it's not a parody, but it is a parody because of everything that came afterwards. This is Hot Shots part duh. <laughs> this is like uh, uh, MacGruber. This is like, um, what's the one that we liked and we watched it? Uh, Last Action Hero. I guess. Like, Last Action Hero is only, what, less than 10 years after this. Yes. And it's already making fun of this. Yes. Right? Like. Yeah, it was troped up. Like, I, I can't imagine how this movie was received critically. And it, it probably created a division between filmmakers who were like, it's ridiculous and people love it. Make more of it. Keep yeah. it going. And others who were like, okay, this is the line between schlock and quality, right? Like, don't cross the line and get into commando territory. Yeah. Because now you're a different movie. If there's anyone out there that loves the Fast and Furious movies, but, <laughs> but thinks that this is ridiculous, they're mistaken. It's the same stuff yes it's just cars instead of machine guns but it's the exact same stuff oh did you mention the number of times in this scene where they tried to shoehorn in more spanish catchphrases for him like <laughs> hasta luego <laughs> he 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 already recognized how many of the lines that he had up until this movie were already catchphrases uh -huh. he has trust me and i'll be back uh -huh. and ostala whatever he uh -huh. wants it, like there's there's several lines in this that were in terminator and were in other movies yes that they he were just, so forced ed <laughs> he just ran with it and, and in hindsight i'm thinking well, the public never actually asked for these lines he just decided they were catchphrases <laughs> these are my catchphrases <laughs> <laughs> he just turned from boston <laughs> yeah yeah so the daughter chenny as i'm chenny c-h-e-n-n-y is, is what arnold calls her she escapes and uh uh Bennett. Bennett chases after her, and then you get the, the fight at the end. This fight is Long. really bad. Long fight. This, this fight is awful. So Arnold uses the Jedi mind trick on Bennett uh -huh. and gets him to put his gun down because right. Bennett's a moron. Well, <laughs> Bennett wants to feel the pleasure of killing Arnie hand to hand yeah. with a knife. Uh, I will say this. Arnold with a gun in his hand looks like he's had some weapons training mo most of the time. But he never looks, like, ridiculous. Bennett 
with a gun in his hand <laughs> where he does the point the gun and grab your own wrist thing uh-huh. and then and then yield one knife with two hands mm. looks like he has never used a weapon in his life. This Maybe this was his first day of shooting. It might have been because <laughs> he, he looked just out over his skis. He looked uh-huh. like he was afraid of the thing in his own hands. <laughs> the the fight is, is trash. Yeah, and it ends confusingly with the steam pipe thing. Arnold rips, with a gun on him, while being held at gunpoint, rips an entire pipe off the wall and throws it through Bennett, and then it spews out steam from we don't know where. And never gets shot by Bennett, who is the only person who succeeded in shooting Arnold throughout this entire film, where he had... I would say best guess 80 different actors shooting at him and never succeeding. Yeah. And now that he's almost at point blank range with this one guy one on one and he is going through the effort of pulling a pipe off the wall, lifting it over his shoulder like a log, (laughs) as we've already seen him do, and then propelling it through the air to Bennett. Bennett doesn't have the wherewithal to just shoot him again. Yeah, because he's out of his mind with rage, you see. Uh, Um, And then, of course, if you're going to have, if you're going to invent the trope of Colonel shows up to bring you into the game, you have to end with inventing the trope of Colonel makes one last ploy to get you to stick around, John. You got to set up that sequel. (laughs) Yeah, you got to get back in the game. And of course, your hero wants no part of it rock music get back in your felonious stolen airplane (laughs) get back in your with your kidnapped uh flight attendant and take off with your hostage you know what oh yeah that totally was the hostage also we don't even know if that really was his daughter how do we know that he didn't steal her too well hey look I wouldn't put it past him, would you? Would you put it past him? That's that's quite a leap. I mean, they did share the exact same flavor of ice cream. Uh, That's called Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) That was definitely a hostage. They fed a deer together. Stockholm Syndrome. They went fishing together. Stockholm. And he, he, they shared each other's same flavor of ice cream. I don't know, it was the same flavor. It could have been like butter, pecan, and birthday cake. Maybe. I don't think those things had been invented yet. Mm, Okay, we are going to take a real quick ad break, and then we're going to come back and do our awards. All right, we're back. We had time to go wash the car and and plow the fields. Plow the fields? Who did you plow the field with? Pick the cabbage. Hmm? Whatever other chores we do up here on the mountain. Cabbage? All right. Those were not euphemisms, by the way. I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) So... We have got some awards for Commando, but do you want some trivia? Yes, I do. Give okay. it to me. The mall. Uh-huh. That's the same Galleria Mall from Terminator 2. Uh, the the romance that you're talking about between Arnold and uh, Cindy, uh-huh. there was a love scene that got scrapped because Ooh. it was too unconvincing. Ooh. I think it's unconvincing for anyone to have sex with Arnold and survive, but... Uh, oh God. so that, that's something. Yeah. I wouldn't be convinced. There is zero chemistry between them. Yeah. Absolutely zero. The, Yuck. the mansion where everybody, literally everybody dies. Rose that's Garden the Massacre. same, that's the same ma- mansion from the end of Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Um, a good mansion. And then, uh, <laughs> this, this one isn't that much of a trivia. I just thought it was funny that it was con- included on IMDb and I wrote it down word for word. Arnold can bench 450 pounds. The phone booth was made of balsa wood anyway. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to pose this one to you as a <laughs> Okay. 
what would you estimate the body count is in this movie? 89. The total is 109, and wow. 102 of them belong to Arnold. Arnold huh. kills 102 wow. Valverdians. Our, or people in general. In our this movie. hero. Yeah, the, it, among the other felonies committed. This is the man we need. Yeah. This is the problem with America. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's have your bold mm. statement. My bold statement this movie inspired so many hipster band names. Such as? Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Steel Cadillac, Logger Arnie, Crochet Dog Tag. Um, off a hotel fight, rocket launcher instruction manual, speedo gun raft, Spanish cash phrases, cartoon death jumps, gratuitous cartoon death jumps, and rose garden death match. Speedo death raft is one of my favorite bands. I know. Mine too. <laughs> um, as usual, I'm going to be greedy and I have two bold statements. <laughs> one of them is that... John Matrix is a mutant who has Luke Cage-like abilities. Oh, boy. I didn't realize it until I watched it today that he there's no other explanation. He, he can't be a normal human no, being. No, he's invincible. He gets hit by a car and is up and running before he even hits the ground. He is in close proximity to a grenade. He falls out of an airplane. Mm -hmm. He gets hit with... He must have gotten hit with bullets that seem to just ricochet off of him. This character takes the most harm of maybe any action leading man, and he comes away from it virtually unscathed. He had a little cut on his forehead. Which was real. Just that, a little... that actually was real that happened to Arnold while making the movie. That's why they left it in. That's a good idea. If, they, if, they, if it hadn't happened to him for real, they wouldn't have put it on the character. You didn't even mention the crazy no breaks downhill yeah. blazer scene. Like, yeah. that's... Seems pretty yeah, real. He's in car crashes and like, and he 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 is in a in a, a police van that gets hit with a rocket launcher. Yeah. He is he is invincible. Uh -huh. Like if if they put in the description on the back of the DVD that that was the case, you would watch this movie with a t totally different view, and you'd be like, yeah, yeah badass. Yeah, let's go. He's gonna join the X Men after this. <laughs> My other bold statement is that this movie is simply an episode of the A Team where people actually die. It, it's filmed the oh. same, the gunfights are the same, the action is the same, the plot is seemingly out of an episode of the A-Team. The only difference is the bullets actually hit somebody in this versus <laughs> yeah. in the A-Team when no one ever gets hit. It has the same terrible fake mustaches and sideburns. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, what was your worst line? My worst line? Um, where did you learn how to do that, said Matrix. I read the instructions, said Cindy the flight instructor, after freeing him from the police paddy wagon with the rocket launcher that they picked up three minutes earlier. <laughs> um, my worst line, and I never even realized it was bad until today because I watched it under under these... these uh, you get what I'm trying to say. Uh -huh. Is at the very end where Arnold is in the act of ripping the pipe off the wall. Mm -hmm. And while he's doing that, rather than killing him, Bennett says to him, I'm not going to shoot you between the eyes. I'm going to shoot you between the balls. Yeah, what what does that mean? Just skin? Some scrotum like, skin? Yeah, I mean... What's he going to do? Is that what Robocop did to that rapist? Oh, um, no. He shot the rapist in the balls between the woman's legs. In the balls is different than between the balls? Yes. Is between the balls just a piercing? I think between the balls is like threading the needle. 
Like, it's just like a... Like, as a metaphor? Like a... You don't even notice it happened. It's just... <laughs> that is... It's gone. Hardly a threat. No, and, it's and not a good. Terrible line, and he should have just shot him. <laughs> that's, that's my. He take. spent all that time telling him what he's gonna do. Yeah. And then uh, nothing even happened. Yeah. He couldn't get to it. <laughs> what was your best line? My best line. Do you know what today is, Matrix? Payday. That was Bennett wearing his crochet vest. <laughs> it's not even that good of a line. <laughs> that was the best I could find. His chainmail blouse. Oh God. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on to my award for best line until after my MVP, but I'll give you some of okay. my honorable honorable mentions okay. right now. Um, let off some steam, Bennett is a is a classic. Like it's in it's that's oh Arnold. Boy. That's who Arnold is. Um, right, wrong, definitely another Arnold classic. Um, I lied. Like those are the this is Arnold at his best Arnold slash worst. Um, but the one that's my award, I'm gonna hang on to until until okay. MVP. So what was your worst performance, Cindy? Man, was she terrible. She stunk. I don't care if she's the daughter of California royalty. She was Wait, what? terrible. Tommy Chung. Oh, really? Yep. I didn't know that. Um, my worst performance is the the main bad guy, um, Dan Hedaya, Carla's husband. Him really? playing a whatever Valverdian his accent was trash okay yeah there was two or three different accents that he was doing in there we all know his natural speaking Uh voice he he has an iconic way of speaking Mm -hmm. I mean he was really really famous Mm -hmm. like not for he didn't star in anything but he was on fucking Cheers people knew him Adam's family like he's a big deal that's that's a ridiculous casting (laughs) that's an absurd casting um who is your MVP? My MVP was the person on this movie who was in charge of car procurement. <laughs> I really enjoyed watching all of the cars in this movie. The carist? Yeah, the, the carist. I liked it. It was good. My my MVP is mall cop number two. Number two? When, so, <laughs> so Cindy, Cindy goes uh, yeah, and tells yeah, yeah. mall cop number one, uh-huh. hey, there's some guy kidnapping me. You got to help me. And he whips he get, out his walkie-talkie. <laughs> he radios so fucking hard to mall cop number two he basically does a flex and invites her to the gun show as he's pulling out <laughs> his mall cop walkie talkie when when we meet mall cop number two he's receiving that energy for one <laughs> he's, he's fucking feeling it from mall cop mm-hmm. number one but he is in the act <laughs> of about to pull off a menage a trois yep. he has got two girls who are very interested in whatever he was saying to them previous to this we love a man in they, they are they are they are a captive audience uh-huh. this is gonna this is gonna go down and he but because he's such a savage he's not even bothered that he got that menage a trois interrupted with this message he turns to them and says you want to see me kick some ass and they nod yes <laughs> yes yep. we do and then mall cop number two proceeds to go find arnold the subject the 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 suspect uh-huh. and he radios back to mall cop number one to describe what he's seeing and he says he's about six two he's wearing a green shirt and then my best line and he's one gigantic motherfucker <laughs> he tried to win an oscar with that line yeah he did he delivered the shit out of that line mm-hmm. mall cop number two is by leaps and bounds my mvp of this movie you love somebody who chews the scenery including yourself <laughs> i love somebody who chews the scenery who's 
in the casting as a mall cop number two. <laughs> <laughs> he still was like, I'm going to make my fucking career off of this. Watch this resume yeah, builder. Yeah. His agent was like, well, it's not that big of a part. And he was like, well, watch this. It's fucking going to be. Hold my beer. <laughs> 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 what's your what's your unredeemable moment? Um. Wow. Okay. The loving daddy scenes at the beginning were cringe worthy so funny so bad all of the little like this is what daddies do with their daughters to show that they care they feed deer together they have ice cream giggle fights if like it was terrible so you're looking at the script and it's like let's say it's like 80 pages long which i don't know if that's a lot or a little for a, for a hollywood script i have no idea 78 of those pages are car chases and explosions and flying bodies. They were like, <laughs> how do we convey that Arnold is a great dad and that he's former military all at once? <laughs> all at one time. They were like, we need a we need a one minute montage. Get some get some like happy music over the top of it. Get rid of the steel drums. They're gonna feed a deer. Uh huh. And pet it for a long, long time. Still petting that deer. <laughs> they get, still feeding they that get deer. They get ice cream together. They go fishing together. Like and, and again, like I said, Arnold never spoke a word during any oh, of this. Oh, and in this this whole scene ends with the last part of the montage, which is where it switches back to like real time, where he's going to the fridge. He sees a big uh, cutout heart on the on the fridge. It says, "I love you, Daddy." And he gazes at it longingly for a long time. Turns to her to look at her. Then they go have a seat at the table. He sits down and has a dig at Boy George. She <laughs> serves him sandwiches, and he's like, "Oh, what's in these sandwiches?" And she says, "You don't want to know." What? And then the action movie starts. A helicopter approaches. <laughs> I do want to know what did she put in those sandwiches? She said, "Here's your ricotta sandwiches." Is that a thing? No. What the? F Maybe in the eighty. I don't know, man. Hey, eighty sandwiches were weird. Okay, I have a theory. I'm, okay. I just worked up a theory. So, the based <laughs> off the thing that was on the refrigerator, uh -huh. the I one, love you, daddy. Yeah, one could surmise that she had made that much, much earlier on when she was way younger, but. It seemed to me that he was kind of fresh to it. Right, like she just put it there for him. It looked like a two-year-old made it. Yes. Maybe she's not all there. And she's making just random scrap stuff sandwiches out of the out of the fridge. <laughs> she's not that great of an artist. Yeah, you know why? She's like, try my ice cream that's the same as yours. You want to know why? Why? Because he kidnapped her at the age of five. <laughs> never put her into school. From, he stole her from Tony Danza? <laughs> I guess so. He, like, she, this poor thing has developmental disabilities because she never got proper schooling. She's never been exposed to other children. She's, like, got a serious case of Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> the next time and I he see loves this, it. He's eating it up. The next time I watch this movie, I'm going to watch it under the pretense that a mutant from Marvel who has <laughs> the same abilities as Luke Cage kidnapped Tony Danza's daughter from Who's the Boss. Oh and it's also connected with A-Team. Wow. Yeah, that's the movie. That's the movie. That's the and movie. And the colonel's name is Pervy. <laughs> my unredeemable moment is what'd you call it the rose garden massacre oh yes the rose garden death match yes <laughs> my favorite part is the rose garden death match the my favorite part is the whole thing that i listed of, of arnold <laughs> murdering 109 people that's a lot of people but if someone is going to try to tear this movie down that's the scene they're going to use to do it 
If, the, if you only get to pick one, it's going to be guys flying through the airs in opposite directions yeah. and bullets hitting people that weren't even being aimed so at. So good, bad. So it, it is my absolute favorite part of it, but it's clearly the thing that someone would use to tear it down also. Oh, yeah. No, it was terrible. What's your unredeemable? My un my unredeemable was the loving daddy scenes. Ah yes, what's your favorite part? My favorite part was the telephone booth lift, but now I know it was just balsa wood. <laughs> so I guess I don't love it so much anymore. <laughs> Arnold can bench press four hundred and fifty pounds. The phone booth was made of balsa wood anyway. Comma anyway. <laughs> oh man. What is your better title? So I didn't finish this. I have just like a, I have a word cloud for a better title. <laughs> Things such as Grand Theft Auto, Blow Up Anything, Commando Bloodlust, Cali Car Chase. We don't know. Yeah, I didn't really come up a with a title, title either because I don't think there is a better title for this movie. <laughs> Get at us at the Good Bad Show because I'm sure that you guys can think of some comical ones. Yes. But I just kind of came up with some um, some things that might happen if if your goldfish is in the room. It might become a shark if you have this movie on. <laughs> it, if you have a cat. Now you have a tiger. Now you have a tiger. Um, what if you have a tiger? If you have some Justin Bieber albums and you watch this movie, the next time you listen to them, they're probably going to be ACDC. <laughs> 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 this movie's testosterone will seep into your home and your belongings. You might get shot between the balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But your balls will move out of the way on their own. <laughs> yeah. Is commando good bad or just bad? so good bad this movie is good bad as fuck i don't think arnold has an all the way bad movie i think that Ooh, his very whoa. presence i wonder i think that his very hmm. presence could turn a movie that would otherwise be bad into good bad you might be right case in point jingle all the way yeah yeah, Awful any other movie. leading person in that movie, you have a trash movie. But because of him, it's a good timeless holiday classic. This is not my ball. Um, yeah, this is this is all the way good bad. This is good bad to to the tenth degree. I fucking love this movie. This is not <laughs> the last time I'm gonna watch it. I don't love this movie nearly as much as many of the other good bads we've watched. But it's it was not, not it's unenjoyable. For me. It's yeah, not it's not for, for me. You. Yeah. It's not for me. <laughs> yeah. It's not for. How old were you when you first saw this movie? Um, I couldn't have been more than like six or seven. Yeah, so you're still in that era of how old yeah. you were when you first saw this movie. And, and when you the, watch this movie, for, for the next fifteen years, I wasn't interested in watching anything that wasn't like this. Jesus. So this movie and Rambo Two came out in the same year, and Rambo Two is only one degree more serious than this, <laughs> with just as high of a body count. Uh huh. With double the amount of explosions with a colonel that comes and brings him back into action <laughs> and tries to get him to stick around at the end and he what they're damn near the same movie with with one degree more seriousness and more care of filmmaking wow so you get both of those things in the same year and then for the next 15 years every movie is this way every movie every movie is this every way movie. things have changed yeah and i wish they <laughs> would go back honestly oh come on but you like john wick I do Things love of John this Wick. I, I do love John Wick. That's true. Um, but we don't talk about good movies on this show. You're right. There's no place for that here. We talk about good bad movies and you can vote on the next one uh, at the Good Bad Show. It will be this week's losing movie, Cobra, starring Sylvester Stallone versus insert movie here. And the voting happens slide missing. <laughs> <laughs> the voting happens in the stories and they happen randomly so you have to follow. That's on right. You got to follow us and then you can help decide. All right, let us know what you think of Commando at the Good Bad Show and we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Peace.